From Bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. In compliance with Memo EX-1063, we are broadcasting our meetings every week to the public through the auspices of CJTR 91.3 FM. Tonight, we have this meeting. We have innovative revenue tools, outstanding improvements, Recorded things, unrecorded things, bric-a-brac, odds and ends. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Hello. Oh, dear. Oh. Sorry, I just blew my ears right out of my head. Oh, no. Um, I, you know, I, I mentioned we have bric-a-brac and odds and ends tonight. Yeah. I forgot knickknacks, tchotchkes, and miscellaneous. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, sorry. no good. I, well, I, I apologize. Yeah, I guess that's all we've got for tonight. Uh, oh, so, shall we start with taking uh, attendance? Yeah, please, let's do that. Okay, uh, attendance, as opposed to the attendance. This yeah. is attendance. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, first attendee tonight, Lloyd Patchen. Lloyd Patchen. Lloyd Patchen. Doesn't ring a bell. Really? No. Oh, is I he thought, famous? I thought you were like, no, actually, no, Lloyd Patchen was not famous. Otherwise, you would have heard of him. Right. Um, yeah. He was actually my. That's sub- how fame works. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> if you've heard of him, it's fa- he's famous. Yeah. Or, yeah. And Lloyd Patchen was actually um, my substitute teacher in grade nine physics. Oh. Yeah. He was taught he any us. Good? Well, he taught me about vectors, work, and energy for like three months. Holy crap! Just yeah. preparing you for this job. Pretty much. Um, but we found out that he'd murdered the actual uh, science teacher, uh, and uh, nobody had even noticed. Wow. For quite a while. Yeah. So, so he was a good today. teacher, though, despite his murderous inclinations. He, he, yeah, no, he was very good. He didn't. Uh-huh. He didn't murder. Well, not to my knowledge, he didn't murder anybody in our class. Uh-huh. Maybe later. Maybe he came for them years later. <laughs> Is that what he called? Maybe. Was maybe. that like marking on the bell curve for him? <laughs> That's right. We're gonna grade this class on the curve. On the curve, the curve of life. Yeah. Uh, and you know, maybe, maybe he's out there still, like. Hunting down every student, like I thought, I was actually worried that maybe he, when I saw his name, mm-hmm. that that's what he was here for—to oh, hunt down and murder, like, well, me. So there's like your whole class is out there, you know, however many like decades after school, mm-hmm. um, in their jobs. Yes. And they are each, you know, in like a meeting someday, and then Lloyd Patchen's name will come up mm-hmm. in the meeting notes, and then they'll know that's it; it's their time. Yeah, and they'll from that from from seeing his name, they will mm-hmm. have like seven days. This is like the ring. This is it's a little bit like the ring, only it's uh, more like um, the the vector. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I wouldn't worry about it because the more I look at his name, the more I think I've, I've actually made a bit of a mistake and mixed up the the letters. So. Oh no. Yeah. Um, so it's Patron. It's P A. It's U. Oh, sorry. It should be. I think Paul DeShane. That's me. All right. And I don't typically have any desire to murder you. Oh, that's good. Or any that's in your good. or anyone in your physics class. So it looks like my next 7 days are going to be safe. They'll be fine. Oh. Yeah. That's great. Um, the next Okay, this is ridiculous. I think someone is messing with me. Mhm. Cuz this person is I Don Anagram. I Don Anagram. Yeah, I think I'm this whoever this person is, they can't possibly be named I Don Anagram. I bet I don't anagram is an anagram of the attendee's name. I bet you. I'd so, fiddle about for a bit, see what you can get. Uh, huh. 
It's funny because remember we last week we had like uh, Ron G. Madonna on. Like mm-hmm. it's, no wait, okay, that's in, that's still an anagram. Should be um, oh Aiden Morgan. That's you. Oh okay. So it wasn't so much an, uh, an anagram as you just mispronounced your own name. Really badly. Yeah. Really quite radically. Yeah. A radically bad pronunciation of my name. That's so okay. I don't. I won't hold it against you. So who's our improvement vector candidate for the night, for the meeting? Hmm. It's a pretty quiet night in here, isn't it? It is. I think yeah. maybe they got lost. Oh, God. I hope they haven't been eaten by the leopard. You never know. We we have run out of money to feed the leopard. A long time ago. Yeah, and, and leopard chow is, uh, well, I mean, the, there have not been bags of leopard chow dropped off no. in the basement for months now. And I can guarantee you that it was not anywhere in the uh, municipal budget. Leopard no, chow, was there was no leopard chow line item. It's been in there every year in the past, but this year... Man, we, are, we truly are living under financial constraints. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about the budget, maybe. Oh. Considering our... our Lack of budget. Uh, l- budget chow. <laughs> budget chow. <laughs> leopard chow. Le- lack of leopard chow leading and budget to our, chow. our guest, whoever that might have been, yeah. getting eaten. Um, yeah, so uh, I did end up reading the budget. I think I mentioned that last week, mainly because I was trying to find out how much we were getting for leopard chow this year. Mm, yeah. And um, so in my pursuit of leopard chow, uh, I discovered things like the city has uh, less money than it was kind of hoping to because of the uh, the revenue formula. Huh. Um, we get a percentage of a percentage of a percentage of the PST. Um, what, what about that golden poop from last last meeting last week? It hasn't worked out. Man. Yeah. I mean, you'd think that people would be lining up to buy golden poop from the city. You know, yeah, you'd think that after hearing our our, our meeting on the radio, <laughs> they'd be like, "I gotta get me some of that golden poop." <laughs> I'm uh, heading down to City Hall. Maybe maybe we should broadcast our meeting to Silicon Valley, Ooh. where tech entrepreneurs are just would be like thrilled at the notion of like right. goldpoop.com. Yeah, I wonder if you can distill silicon from poop. Maybe I wonder. Yes, probably. I wonder if there's an app. That they can app, develop a poop app for like delivering like poop to your door, where you can turn it into gold. <laughs> yeah, no, there is no <laughs> such thing at all. I was hoping that that might be the case. Yeah, so uh, yeah, after reading the budget and not finding any leopard chow, I was like, mm. okay, this is it. I'm leaving the sub basement. I'm going to attend the meeting, and I'm going to be there to find out. What's going on? And then, you know, usually you've, you've probably heard about this, like every year with the budget. Uh, typically what happens is the city will have a bit of a surplus at, mm-hmm. the, end of a, at a, the end of a fiscal year. The reason for this is that the city is not allowed to run any kind of deficit. It's against the law to run a deficit. Mm, harsh. Yeah. And this year, in fact, according to um, uh, Budget Wizard and Chief Financial Officer uh, Ian Ray, he mentioned during the budget uh, meeting this year uh, that there was a point in about the summer where the city was looking very much on track to run a deficit. Wow. And so the city redoubled its efforts to find efficiencies over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I guess, when the year ended, a lot of the investments that the city has, like the city when you know they have like reserve funds and they don't just like leave them in, in a sock under one of these mattresses right. down here in the sub-basement. I wish they did. Yeah, we could go out and buy some chow. We could get some leopard chow. 
um, what they do is they put it into investments, long and short-term investments, mm. so that you know they will actually be gaining interest on the money that's just kind of sitting there for their rainy day funds and for their infrastructure funds and things like that. Uh, and so this year they actually had like a better than expected return on their investments, and they ended the year w- from going from a point where they thought they were going to be in deficit, ended the year with a nine point eight million dollar surplus, which wow. is actually extremely good. They indeed they did redouble their efforts, as you right. say, much yeah. like much like the uh, you know the imperial forces redoubled their efforts to complete the Death Star on time when they found out that the emperor himself would be visiting. Mm-hmm. Yep. But weirdly enough, they didn't finish it. They they just got blown up. Yeah, they did. That didn't happen in this case. No. Well, it might still. Actually, we'll have more on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, Han, Han Solo. I mean, Harrison Ford landed like on the wrong, like, you know, part of the airport runway. So maybe he'll like show up <laughs> in a plane and like just crash into the city. It's like his Millennium Falcon. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, actually, to extend that metaphor, uh, <laughs> Brad Wall, it was, it, the premier of our province. Wow, it wasn't overextended already. Excellent. No, he, um, he, he has announced that we have a $1.2 billion deficit. I think we've talked about this. The province yes. does. And that uh, this means that you know the city could end up in a lot of trouble financially because right. they may adjust the, the, the formula by which we get revenue from the government. Mm-hmm. And that could mean that you know in March, tw- after March 22nd, which is when the... Uh, provincial budget has dropped, that we may have even less money than we think we have right now. And so having a $9.8 million surplus this year and some healthy reserves, which we have, is a really handy thing in the event of an emergency, which, you know, Brad Wall could come flying in like Luke in a um, X-Wing and uh, blast our uh, reactor core of our budget to... um, Dust, stardust. Who is Darth Vader in that scenario? Uh, I think I think some of us are. <laughs> do, you, do you remember? <laughs> Today we are all Darth Vader. <laughs> you remember last year? I, I I was a Sith Lord for a while. I remember that, and I yeah. was I was was I grand? I was probably like the grandest moth. No, you were just a moth. Uh-huh. You were just a moth. You know, I don't I don't I'm not really clear. That was one thing in Star Wars. I was never clear on all the distinctions. Mm-hmm. I did the nomenclature kind of confused me. Yeah, so there are directors, there are grand moths, but no like moths or sub moths to be seen. Where does the mo- word moth come from? Just to <laughs> throw the budget under the <laughs> under the rails of this conversation. I am not entirely familiar. For, I it it sounds vaguely Middle Eastern to me. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they're like there's a conversation going on between the moth and and the visor. You know that sort of thing. Right. But or vizier. Uh, perhaps, perhaps somebody out there listening could tell us more about the origin of the moth. Yeah, tweet at us at p. No, wait, what is no. it? It's at Queen City IB. That's us. Yeah, yeah, tell tell us about the moth people. Yeah, yeah, and actually, if you have any questions about the budget, we are here to answer them. And if you come up with jokes about the Mothman prophecy, that's a. That was a terrible movie. And that was B, a it's not terrible funny. joke. Oh, yes, it was also a terrible joke. Yeah, along with it being a terrible movie, <laughs> I made a bad joke about a bad movie. Um, okay, where were we? We were talking about the budget. Okay, so yes. Um, the So what often happens is we have a surplus at the end of the year, and then at the budget meeting, the councillors will make motions to spend some of that budget on priorities that weren't able to fit into the budget before the, uh, before the um, surplus was announced. 
uh, you know, in the past, uh, in the past, usually that that gets used to bring down the mill rate. Um, and this year, that happened once again. Uh, the proposed mill rate, sorry, property tax increase, I should call it, was 4.18%. So the property taxes were supposed to go up by 4.18%, uh, but they were able to slash that to 3.99. Hmm. So a little bit of odd even pricing going on there. Um, make you feel like you're paying around three when in fact you're mostly paying four. Uh, and that's, but what that did mean is it was $400,000 that the city was giving up off the budget. So that's, huh. what is it, like uh, 0.19% of a property tax increase is about $400,000 for the city's revenue. Apparently, uh, a moth is not a military rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought I'd return to this for a sec. Um, But it's sort of equivalent to a regional director. Oh, So sort of like upper middle management. Huh. So somebody actually, like, sent you information to this effect? No, I I took matters into my own hands. Uh. And um, I I looked on, um, it's called Internet. I I didn't know we could get that on the ENIAC. No, it's true, yeah. Hmm. Um, uh, There's, we recently got Internet. Uh, Nice. Yeah. And uh, I I just typed it into um, this um, to my gopher here and uh, got that information for me. Cool. Yeah. Alt binary moth. Excellent. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah. So they were able to shave a whole bunch of money off. So they shaved a little bit off the property tax increase. Uh, they were also the utility rate hike was supposed to be five percent this year. They mm. dropped that down to four percent. Uh, And then they also said they were going to do a rate review because there's been a lot of concern in the public that utility rates are going up too quickly Mm -hmm. and that they're not getting enough um, value for their money. Fair enough. So um, they're going to review the rates and decide, you know, if this rate of uh, increase to the uh, rates is is acceptable or not. Uh, So, yes, 4% increase to the utility rate. what else well, happened? Oh, and then over that here. That is not a small amount. No, no, it no. really isn't. It really isn't. Uh, one of the things that's been going on with utility rates is they have been quite high. For a while there, they were 9% every year. Uh, but they've been, uh, they've basically been socking away money on the, in the utility reserve because we've got a lot of failing pipes in the city. I don't know if, like, if you go to any of the older neighborhoods, you'll see, you know, like every winter there will be, um, pipes bursting right. all over the place. And these things go in sequence. So, like, if you get, like, one pipe burst on a street, like, that whole block is basically going to start blowing over the next few years. Yeah. Um, so they've got a lot of old pipe that needs to get replaced. They've got a lot of old pump stations that need to get replaced. Uh, the city is expanding to the point now where uh, water pressure is starting to become a concern in mm-hmm. some areas. So they're going to need new pump stations. Uh, they've just, uh, one of the things that they had to do is save up money to do the wastewater treatment plant renewal, which is finishing up right now. And there's also the Buffalo Pound uh, water treatment plant, Hmm. which provides us our drinking water that is in desperate need of some renewal as well. So there's a lot of projects, a lot of huge capital projects that are going to cost the city a lot of money, and they've been socking away money to cover that. So. Also, a lot of breakdancing street kids like start to age out, and so they and they start to fail as well. Yeah, it's a tragedy. Uh, fall over, heart attacks, break you know broken limbs. Mm-hmm. So you have to replace those mm-hmm. uh, because you know if you don't have them in top shape, it's 
like who's disaster. Yeah, like who's going to raise money for the community hall? Mm -hmm. Right when when a developer tries to buy it out. Right, exactly. And, and those kids have to go in with a debt with like raise funds to dance off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for telegraphing our innovative revenue tool for this week. <laughs> no, no. There's another one which will, which, as I said, is going to flow organically. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> um, so they did spend a little bit of extra money on top of the four hundred thousand dollars to bring down the mill rate increase, and that was they gave. Um, Wascona Center Authority. Uh, how much? They gave them a whole bunch of money. They gave them $193,000 to to fund a parking lot expansion at Candy Cane Park. Sweet. Yeah. It's an extremely popular park. It's a great park. And it's incredibly... It's so popular that it's actually becoming kind of dangerous in the parking lot there on sunny days. And so they're going to expand that parking lot. They're also giving uh, $30,000... And this is to support accessible taxis for para transit users. Para transit users, sorry. Um, we have a very good, uh, like, it's under one percent refusal rate on para transit, but there's still, you know, it could be a lot more convenient of a service. Uh, people who need to use para transit are occasionally turned away and said, "Yeah, hey, sorry, we can't fit you on the uh, para transit bus." Uh, so what this $30,000 will do is it will go to pay for accessible taxis for people who get turned away from. Uh, from rides on paratransit, uh -huh. which is really good. And before this, there was only $2,000 on that line item, so they boosted this to 30000 which will make a big difference in a lot of people's lives. Um, and then they also kicked $100,000 to Economic Development Regina for the Regina Advantage program. Oh. Yeah. What is the what is the advantage of the Regina Advantage program? Uh, that's a really good question, Aiden. Okay, so Regina Advantage, uh, according to Economic Development Regina's uh, write-up in the budget book, uh, it identifies and articulates our unique features and our assets. In alignment with the Infinite Horizons identity, it is these differentiating features that support pride of place and position. Regina and region as a desirable place to live, work and visit and invest. So that's what it does. Do you know it's uh, Regina Advantage Program is abbreviated, or the acronym is RAP? Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So just, just throw it all that comes together. It all comes together. Yeah. Breakdancing street kids. That's the Regina Advantage raising right. money around the city. Huh. So we need to invest in those breakdancing kids now. We do. <laughs> we do. Um, yeah, economic development Regina gets a one point seven million dollar budget from the city, which they leverage with a whole bunch of other money from their partners, which are like other businesses. They are a um, they promote business in the uh, city, and uh, they got on they got an extra hundred thousand dollars to do their job. Nice. Um, yeah. So that you know that's basically in summary kind of the big money details, the big money deets. <laughs> from this big money deets everybody <laughs> from this budget <laughs> uh they the other thing that happened is uh every year there is the uh the running of the businessmen oh nice and it is my favorite part of every budget uh this year the businessmen who came out were the uh, and the running of the businessmen is when the businessmen come out to say keep our mill rate increases down right. we don't want to pay any more you're you're wrecking you're wrecking prosperity 
And so this year, uh, representing the businessmen, were the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, my favorite federation. Yeah, there's there's no there is no federation finer, <laughs> as the song goes. Yeah, uh, they they also Regina Realtors. Oh, or yes. should I say Realtors? <laughs> you know what we don't say Realtors. We don't. No, people who say Realtors are scum. They are scum. They're worse than scum. They are worse than scum. <laughs> yeah, and we have a also, national dislike of those people. Also, the Chamber of Commerce came out. The Chamber of Commerce comes out every year. CFIB yeah. usually comes out. Regina Realtors usually comes out, or they'll be, you know, the homeowner or the uh, Home Builders Association will sub in for them one year. I wonder if it's like a hyperbaric Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> hyperbaric Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> They'll, yes. They'll come out really oxygenated. Yes, that is exactly what it is. Um, so, yeah, they come out and they argue <coughs> They argue against uh, raising taxes every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, one of their favorite things is to uh, lecture city council on how property taxes are an outmoded form of collecting money from a population because they're, it's a regressive form of taxation, kind of, and... Uh, yeah, and so they come up with all these ideas on other ways that we could collect uh, money to fund infrastructure and stuff. Oh. And it's like, that'd be great, except that cities have absolutely no power to change the way they collect money. Ah, okay. Right? Yeah. The provincial government and the federal government have to make those decisions. We're stuck with the tools that we have. But, hey, every year the realtors, the CFIB, and the chamber will come out and tell us how we're doing it all wrong. Um, and then every year they get ground up and spit out by city council and it's a magnificent thing (laughs) um uh, this year the realtors were going on about how uh they they felt that the water utility should be a separate entity which actually i'm not totally opposed to i think the idea that if we were to um maybe not privatize our utility but turn it into like a mini crown Hmm. might be fun i just think it'd be fun to call it a mini crown i agree and uh, But then they could, like, shop out their expertise and stuff, which I think would be great. But um, they were suggesting that if it was run like a bi- more like a business, uh, that it would, uh, it would work better. And uh, Hawkins took them to task, uh, saying, did you know that our water utility is funded on a user pay basis? Uh, what would be gained by making it a separate utility? Um, the realtors were saying, oh, I don't think it's able to sustain itself without you putting money into it. And Hawkins was just like, it's entirely user pay. So... Because that's it. It's 100% people, what they spend on their water is what funds our water utility. Mm. Um, the CFIB came out, and they every year they recommend that we have to reduce the size of our civil service, uh, take away uh, unused sick days, banked sick days, and uh, they were demanding lots more efficiencies. Um, Hawkins got up and uh, confronted the CFIB member, w- demanding to know what services they would like to see cut. The CFIB Sweet. was like, oh, we just want to see uh, city control their spending. And he was like, well, would you like to see road improvements cut back? And she and the CFIB was like, oh, maybe we'll check our, with our members. And Hawkins was like, parks? Do you want to take away our parks? <laughs> That's not a quote, by the way. But that was kind of his tone. Um and then she started to answer, and he cut her off and was like, police, do you want to take away police? <laughs> and then she just got really frustrated, and she was like, I'm being cut off. Fougere, things are getting really testy during the running of the business. Nice. And uh, Fougere multiple times had to caution counselors to quit being debatey, basically. 
And, uh, and then even after his cautioning, Hawkins was like, uh, can, I, uh, can I ask through the chair if the CFIB uh, suggests we should shut off the police, <laughs> we should cut the police? Yeah. It was a glorious moment. So anyways, this is what wow. you guys miss by not going to budget meetings, is I, all this excitement. I got to say um, that my, my respect for Councillor Hawkins just increased a bit. Yeah, when he turns on um, Lawyer Hawkins mm -hmm. and puts it into the service of the good, uh, yep. it's, a, it's a great thing. Fair enough. Um, the chamber came out, as I said, and uh, I'm just going to play like a little quick clip sure. of the chamber. Uh, the sound of sound quality here is pretty crap, but uh, he was coming up with ideas on how to like save money for the city, and this was one of the things he had to say on that score. There's a lot of doom and gloom out there, and there's some challenges, no question about it. When you look at commodities and oil prices and product prices and all of that, but when you Look at Regina in and by itself. We're doing all right. There are some projects on the go. People are working. In fact, I looked at StatsCan today. We actually hosted uh, an event today where we brought Syrian, a lot of Muslims are Syrian refugees, but refugees in our community together with business people in our community to try and match them so that people can get jobs. And that's where we're continuing to create jobs. We're continuing to uh, provide opportunities. Why does Regina grow? And with the utmost respect, is it really because we have nice pools or a nice tennis court? No. Well, the utmost respect. It's because we have opportunities. People are coming here from opportunities, not just from throughout the province, but from around the world. So that was John Hopkins from the Chamber of Commerce. What, what kind of opportunities? Well, you know, the opportunities to do commerce, oh, I guess. Oh, yes, yeah. that sounds great. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. But apparently uh, people don't uh, come to cities because they have pools and services and stuff. No way. They come here for opportunities, not for uh, <laughs> any of the nice things. I can think of a few people who uh, don't move places because they don't have uh, the amenities they would like to see yes. in a city. But, uh, yeah. What about the our... opportunities? Mm, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Everybody goes where the opportunities are. Anyways, that's kind of a quick and dirty summary Very nice. of the budget. So should we have time for a quick innovative revenue we tool? We absolutely do. Okay, everybody, this is the section of the meeting in which we recommend innovative tools for revenue that improve the bottom line of the city. Yes. Yes, that's that's another way of nice describing work. it. Yes, thank you very much. So this, uh, this time around for innovative revenue tools, um, I was inspired by the uh, British, aristocracy, British aristocracy's occasional resort to uh, selling off uh, peerage titles. Ooh. So I'm thinking the city could make a little bit of money by selling off some of our sort of more esteemed titles, like uh, moths, Ooh. grand moths, Brilliant. viziers, Lord Darth Vader's. Did you know that Lord Darth Vader apparently is a title? It's not just Darth Vader's name. Yeah. It's also what he does. That's amazing. Yeah. So we and there's nothing. There would be nothing stopping us from like auctioning off the title of Lord Darth Vader of Regina, or just a moth. We could yeah. have. I don't know how many moths we have, but mm -hmm. theoretically, we could generate a number of moths. I think we should do this. Artificial I'm, scarcity could like drive up the price, but maybe we get a lot of interest. Many moths. I think we should do this. I agree. Okay, uh, we'll write up the report right now, Woo. and uh, if it doesn't take off, we've got a few more ideas in the can. Hey, this is Dan Shire with Queen City Pride, and you're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau.
And we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Good as always. And Dan Shire is sort of uh, giving us a little shout out there. Yeah, that's so nice of him. Yep. He's a great dude. He's he's, 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 uh, Dan Shire, a home to hobbits. (laughs) That's what they say about him. Yep. Dan, you're a home to hobbits. And finally, somebody said, it's because your last name's Shire. He's like, oh. (laughs) All right. Uh, Next up on the agenda, uh, after all that budget talk, and after all these weeks of waiting to see what would come out of the budget. It's been exhausting. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, I crept out. I went to the, the, the council meeting that considered the budget. And then I crept out of the sub-basement again, and I made my way all the way to the 15th floor. Huh. And I spoke with Mayor Michael Fougere. You, you talked to Mr. Fougere himself? The man himself. Wow, his worship. Yep, to his worship, Michael Fougere. That's right. Um, I don't, I'm not 100% sure if he knew who I was or who we are. <laughs> I, I think he fired us uh, last summer. So he might right. recall. Yeah, remember, remember yeah. He, he no, anybody, no. I think he, he just got, looked at me kind of blank. Oh. Yeah. I mean, maybe he didn't remember being fired because he it was probably pretty traumatic when he, because he did get eaten by a shark. He did get eaten by a super yeah. intelligent shark, it's true. Sounds like he recovered, though. He did. Yeah, he's made a full recovery, 100%. He's in better shape than we are, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so I, uh, I went up there, and he was, he was very, uh, very polite, and, uh, you know, the, he you know, took his time calling up security, so I had plenty of time to ask him questions. And nice. so I thought I would play that conversation for us right now. Sweet. Thank you very much, Mayor Michael Fougere, for taking a few minutes to talk to me today. Um, but the Queen City Improvement Bureau has something of the utmost importance that we have to uh, bring to your attention today. Uh, yesterday was National Flag Day in Canada. And as part of our mandate of trying to improve the city, we wanted to draw people's attention to the Regina flag because as one of you know, the, the nation's many flags, we don't think it gets enough love. So, um, and you know what the flag is, right? It's. I hope I know what the flag is, yes. Right. It's the blue stripe with the white crown and then the yellow stripe. Yes. Okay, now maybe you know this already, but I think we have a problem. I see the instant similarity. Yeah. So, what I've got here is uh, do you want to describe it? Well, it it is a. uh, The colors match the flag completely the blue and yellow. Yeah, uh, and uh, I'm concerned now. People could be confused. Yeah, I so mean, it's an imperial margarine. Imperial margarine uh, right. container yeah. uh, comes close to the flag. Is that what you're trying to say? It's, it, 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 it's it, identical. It's blue stripe with a white crown over top of a yellow well, it, stripe. It, like a drive-by, you might miss the two and, and confuse the two. I think exactly, exactly. So, um, and I mean, we're not really a non-hydrogenated city, but um, at the moment, we're not. No, not yet, not yet. Uh, so, what are you going to do about this? Well, I'm going to seek your advice. Um, you just brought this to me just now, and I think if okay. you brought the problem, you must have a solution. I do, actually. <laughs> um, I think we need to send in the tanks, and I think we need to plant the Regina flag in the Imperial Margarine tub and demand that they bring their head office to Regina. That's pretty radical. They're, they're copping our style. That's true. That's true. I'll take it to council for a vote. How's that? Oh, excellent. Okay, we'll, we'll provide a report. Sure. We'll write it up. And this is a present. Sounds good. Okay. 
Okay. Well, anyways, um, now that since I have your attention, um, I was also hoping to talk to you about a few other things. Uh, you were last week, was it, at the SUMA, the Saskatchewan Urban Municipalities Association conference? That's correct. Okay, and I don't know if everybody knows what SUMA is, but uh, well, maybe you could describe like what. What does SUMA do beyond bring like mayors and councillors from Saskatchewan together to party in a hotel? Well, that's first and foremost what we do. We party in hotels all the time. Every year we have our annual convention that happens in a hotel. But we bring together um, all of the, about uh, close to 85% of the population of the province within cities. So it's large cities, smaller cities, uh, resort villages and towns and villages are all part of SUMA. And we are an advocacy group to talk about what's, what is the interest of urban municipalities, urban uh, Regina, urban Saskatchewan, to talk about our major issues. So we meet every year. We elected a president this time. But we, 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 we gather to uh, advocate on behalf of uh, our membership, and we uh, talk to the, to the premier and cabinet. We have a, a bear pit session the last day to talk about issues that we are really concerned about, and we get answers from them. Uh, this year there was a, an address by Premier Brad Wall. Uh, and it was kind of a bombshell, uh, as it was reported. He, you know, announced that we have a 1.2 billion dollar deficit in the province, and that everything is on the table now to fix this deficit. Wisconsin Park could face a defunding, uh, and even the re revenue sharing formula with the cities uh, could be changed or adjusted to, uh, and it wouldn't help the cities presumably. Um, I've also read reports that there was a standing ovation for this address. Um, seemed like kind of a pessimistic outlook for the province. What was there to ovate in uh, in this address? Well, I'm only one person of a thousand people that were there, and uh, uh, the Premier is, is a very good speaker. He is a, uh, a charismatic guy when he speaks, and he, he says he has a very clear message. Um, it is not a message that I think that, that would, you would have expected to have a standing ovation, but it happened. Uh, during the budget meeting, though, on February 13th, there was a lot of talk about provincial downloading onto the cities. Uh, you spoke at one point about the relationship between the city and the province having shifted over your time here. Um, well, maybe you could describe how, what is the relationship with the province right now? Well, we have a good relationship with the province overall, but it's different. Uh, it, it, it's 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 materially different. Uh, when this government was first elected, we, they have we they called their term a government to government relationship, a respectful government relationship. We were talking and 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 come to agreement, hopefully, but but uh, it would be a respectful relationship. And in large measure, it is today. But right now, the, the government is focused almost exclusively on getting rid of this deficit. And uh, it's important that they understand the implications of what that means. So the relationship is different. When we talk of uh, downloading, you know, they, they don't necessarily see it that way. They see it as being, well, this is just how we do business. This is how we govern together. Uh, I would suggest it's materially different than it used to be. It's not uh, as good as it was, but it's not bad. We, we certainly have a good relationship. I, I, I speak to the Premier often. I speak with other ministers a lot, and we get we, we agree on many things to, to move our, our province forward and our city forward. But it's a different relationship. And when you talk about everything being on the table, there are some some um, really important things we want to talk about and make sure that, that the government understands what will happen if they, if they do cut, like revenue sharing, or if they continue to download on things like uh, paratransit, if they do things like uh, education land that, that's available for schools, uh, urban highway character program. These are big issues for us, and we don't have the capacity. $6 million a year 
to do what they should be doing under the Urban Highway Connector Program means that we got to find that money from somewhere else. Um, we lost $2.1 million from revenue sharing because the economy shrank, and we accept that. Any other change would be a big problem for us. We have to go, go back and look at our budget. How do we actually square the circle now because of cuts? So we're very concerned, and our role is to tell the province, uh, understand the implications of what you're doing. Uh, we're becoming a more urbanized province, and the uh, last stats can never show that. We, we increased almost 12% in our population, the fourth fastest growing in the country, Saskatoon third fastest, our province second fastest growing by population in the country. We have to understand where that's what, what a dynamic that means. It means our urban centers are the, are the engines of growth that need to support us. That, that means don't cut the programs that, that really help us grow. All right. Um, do you think maybe, uh, just personally, do you think that maybe they were sort of warning us, uh, like showing the the impacts of this current budget and softening us up for a, uh, a tax increase? I, maybe I, the PCPST? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I really couldn't uh, get in, into to mind what they're trying to do. Maybe uh, there's some, you know, some discussion in the media that these are trial balloons to see what the people's reaction would be, and that would be uh, consistent with most hard news stories. You, you you talk about snares, what's the reaction, you, you change that. Uh, this government has said before that they're not interested in tax increases, they don't want to do it. They have, they have said, though, uh, education tax will go up. Right. Okay. But in terms of any other tax, income tax, PST, all those things, they, they haven't said anything. So they may broaden the base of the PST, leave it the same rate, but collect more money that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, we, we talked about this a little bit after the budget meeting, but does this mean that uh, we may have to do like another budget? Like or rejig the budget in March after the provincial one comes out. Well, it's too early to say. In fact, I, I won't evade the issue. I just don't know. I don't have enough information to decide whether we need another budget. I suspect we wouldn't need another budget. Uh, I can't imagine a scenario where, where that there'd be that much of an impact that councillors and mayors across the uh, the province have to redo the budget. Th that I don't think would happen. I think we'd have to look at the uh, revenue stream that came in if it's altered. How do we compensate for that? Because we're we're in the middle of our budget year. Uh, we're on a calendar year, of course. Uh, so we have to look at that again. We talked about that at council. Uh, and we did our budget on, on the, the 13th. And we'll just wait and see what happens on March 22nd. But uh, I'm hoping that they they, um, you know, they, they do the right thing and, and, and uh, make it less painful uh, than they could possibly do it. And um, you know, I just hope they, they understand what they're doing. Um, and then we could, we've always got the reserves that we can draw from in case there's like a shortfall because of this. Well, we had a, uh, a $9 million plus uh, um, surplus from last year, and we do have our reserves. That surplus goes into our reserve in, in any case. So we do have a, a buffer, but those buffers are thin. Uh, and we use those, those, uh, those uh, sources of revenue for infrastructure, our partnering for infrastructure. So it's not as though we're, we're, we're just sort of swimming in money. We're not. By law, we have to balance our budget every year, which means we have to make a lot of hard choices every year. So our reserves are meant to be a cushion to, to seize opportunities that happen, one-time issues or, or crises that may happen. So we're trying to be prudent with those uh, reserves, and, and uh, that's where we give some of it back during our budget uh, to taxpayers because, really, this is money that we tax them on. We, we, we want to give some of that back to them, too. But it's about balance and being proportional. Right. Okay, well, speaking about the budget then, uh, the, it came out uh, a few weeks back. It had a proposed 4.18 mil rate increase. Yep. Uh, and you guys were able to drop that to 3.99. Um, was that, it's not a very, that's 0.19% drop. That's not very significant. Was this a symbolic gesture or? It was $400,000 less. Right. 
That, the city, that's a lot of money. That, that's not insignificant. Uh, it may look small on a percentage basis, but it, it is a, a message to taxpayers. We listened to what you said. You, you shared those concerns. Uh, we know people don't like paying taxes. We understand all that. But we have an obligation to obviously materially improve our city all the time and, and move forward on, on major initiatives and, and our priorities. And we're going to do that. But we, we made a conscious choice to say uh, there's room for some uh, help on this issue. We're going to do that. We did this, of course, on the utility side as well. Uh, a much more pointed discussion that seemed to be a flashpoint with some people. And uh, we, we made some, some uh, gains on that one and said we're going to make a material difference to uh, what we, we will do for, for that taxation level, and we're going to do a review to make sure over time it's an accurate number, it's fair and reasonable, and not too much or, or not enough, just the right amount. The utility budget, it was a proposed 5% increase. You guys brought that down to 4%. Just to warn you, I've promised to use the utilities 4% more this year, and I'm encouraging everybody to do the same. Well said. <laughs> well I'm getting older, too, so I kind of can't help it. Okay, so some of the other stuff that you guys were able to pull off at the budget meeting were thirty k for uh, 30000 for the paratransit budget to pay for accessible taxis. Well, this is, uh, again, a material improvement uh, mm -hmm. to paratransit. Now, to be fair, uh, our, our um, refusal rate is less than 1%, and we're one of the best in the country. But we have a, a number of people who are very concerned about, can we get it to zero? Uh, so, absolutely, we have no... Refusal rates. I'm not sure we'll ever get there, but we're certainly going to invest in, in the the way to, to do the best that we can. So this is a material improvement to those who really need some help. And also a hundred thousand for the economic development uh, Regina's uh, Regina Advantage program. Yes. And then, um, but the one I wanted to talk to you about was the hundred ninety three thousand uh, for the expansion of the Candy K Park uh, parking expansion. Um, so they'll be able to do this project this year then with that money? Yes. Uh, I've talked to uh, officials at the uh, Wisconsin Center Authority, and I do chair the board, so I'm in touch with them frequently, obviously. The plan is to have this uh, finished as a project this, this summer. Okay. Um, the money, though, I noticed in the budget, the money that the WCA is getting had dropped uh, $619,200 from last year, so a 23% drop. And no? No, they, they, they actually, uh, I'm glad you brought it because actually it's, a, it's incorrect. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah, it, 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 it's incorrect. And they have, they have received exactly the same amount of money as they got last year oh, from us. Okay. So there was a misprint, and uh, unfortunately uh, should have been brought up. I think we, we certainly, Wiscana knows that. We told them that. It was, it was just, uh, uh, I'm not sure how that happened, but it was innocent. And so they received from us on our budget exactly the same money they got last year on operating capital. What we have done is, is put $193,000 for the project on city-owned land for Candy Cane Park. So they're actually quite happy. Right. So because they got they, more than what they, they asked They actually got more than what they asked for. Okay. Fantastic. That's great to hear. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, beyond that, um, I asked this of uh, Ian Rea, the uh, your budget wizard. Mm -hmm. uh, what in the budget uh, are you the most pleased with? Well, now you're talking to a politician as opposed to the, the, the financial wizard. Yeah, so, yeah, that would be a different yeah. kind of answer. What, what, what am I most pleased with about it? Um, that we uh, demonstrated, I think, once again, that uh, we are meeting the, the uh, priorities of council and, and of the public in particular. Uh, we're looking at enhancing uh, public safety. 
We're investing in infrastructure. Our 1% program, I think, is, is, is a model for any other municipality that wants to talk about targeting money to a problem to solve it. And it's in its own reserve, so you can see where the money is going. That is very, very important. Uh, we're keeping our long-term commitments in, in terms of, again, public safety. We're investing in, in, uh, in uh, what people need to see done, like paratransit, like our, our urban park, Wiscana uh, Center Authority. And the, the budget reflects those priorities, which have been consistent over a number of years. Um, one of the things that I've run into is uh, people on Twitter saying that you guys came in with a uh, budget surplus again and that you going to the public and asking every year for a mill rate increase is like a millionaire going out and panhandling. Um, how, do you, how do you explain the need for or the existence of these surpluses? Well, there's not a need for them. These actually are done because of, you know, the surplus isn't just like we taxed by X and got $9 million less. There's many, many components to what a, what a surplus is. Yes, we do have more people paying taxes, $2 million roughly, but the rest come in from, from good investments we made, the return on interest rate and our investments. Uh, we do receive uh, some revenue uh, from SAS Power, um, and those are all things that are, are really beyond our control interest rates and what we receive in terms of SAS power. So it's good physical management uh, that's done by our, our staff, and we have actually, glad, I'm glad they're doing that. So it's not as though we're just, we tax consciously take more so we can just give it back. This is about managing a very complicated system of, of governing. You know, uh, we're looking at um, virtually every service you get in the city that, that, you, that impacts you every day is a city, not provincial or federal program. Name what it is garbage collection, snow removal, your parks, your recreation centers, uh, policing, fire. All these things have to be balanced in terms of how, what we receive by our revenue. Uh, but our revenue does not grow with the economy. So ones who think that, well, we're just, you know, we, we grow more, uh, our economy goes up, and, and uh, we should get more money because of that, it's a flat line. It is an avalanche tax on value of property. It is not growing with the economy. So it's about governing property and using your money wisely. Um, do I like seeing a 9% uh, or $9 million surplus? Surprised to see that. But on the other hand, I'm thinking, hey, that's pretty good because you have good management by, by our administration. They're doing the right thing, and we'll direct where that goes. That just doesn't sit in a, a pot that goes somewhere. If we have a flood in our city next year, and it could happen next, next spring, uh, we need money to take care of that. The province isn't going to help us, and the federal government's not going to help us. If we have um, a natural disaster, or, heaven forbid, uh, a rail, uh, rail issue, we have to take care of that issue. That's where our reserves come in. So it's prudent planning for the future. Right. And, of course, you're not using it to, to throw uh, SUMA parties. I want, like, be, I want to be clear on that. You're right. absolutely correct. Okay. <laughs> no parties. Good. Okay. So uh, where I wanted to go to next, uh, we've spoken a lot over the years about housing, and I brought it up with you after the uh, budget meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wanted to talk about something uh, somewhat related to that. In the general fund capital highlights, it talks about the real estate department is going to be investing uh, $16 million in the development of the Southeast Lands. Mm -hmm. uh, they talk about how phase one is going to be, is going, is beginning development this year. Mm -hmm. uh, presumably, uh, revenues are going to start coming in from the Southeast, uh, Southeast Lands in the nearer future. Um, will, when we start to see money coming in from that, will housing start to see some of that money go into the social development reserve? That's, that's where we put it. Right. Yeah. So we're making an investment up front. As, as the land is developed and, and, and sold off and developed for you know, 
builders to build on those properties, we will see that revenue, and that's where it goes. Okay, so the revenue from the Southeast Lands is going to be going to the Social Development Reserve? Yeah, no, okay. I would, I'd, I'd just I'd, I'd put a bit of a caveat on that one. That may, some of it may go back to other places, but by and large, that's how we fund our Social Development Reserve for our housing initiatives. Okay. Um, so this means that we, uh, one of the concerns that's been about housing is that we don't have the resources to fund a housing program, uh, that we don't have enough money to fund uh, housing first. With the revenue... Like, Staff has anticipated upwards of $70 million that we could earn off of the sale of and development of Southeast Lands. Could that money be used to develop an affordable housing or a Housing First program? Well, a couple of things. The, the, the numbers you use are hypothetical, mm -hmm. and these are over a number of years. So let's, let's be sure we're, clear we're talking about the same thing here. Uh, the Southeast Land development will take a number of years just to realize a full build-out, if you will, for a complete community. So that $70 million isn't sort of there to use. Right. But I also want to be very clear on this one, too. Um, uh, our programs that we use right now, which are tax exemptions and, and a per-door or per-unit uh, allocation, is, is a standard sort of thing that we do here. Housing is not a civic responsibility. It's a federal responsibility with the province being downloaded onto them. And uh, I said it on the floor council, and I've said it in, in the Mayor's Housing Commission, that we are a partner in, in, in looking at affordable housing, uh, below market housing, social housing, and homelessness. We are a part. We've been we've been on housing first since it began here, uh, but the province must step up. I asked a question at, at council uh, Monday night: um, How much money does the province put into homelessness? The answer is zero. In terms of uh, direct uh, funding, that's where we have to work at. Is there a concern, though, that when the province sold the city this land for $7 million, that that was them kind of giving you the resources to run a housing program without their involvement? No. No? no. Okay. I did, speak, I did speak with Tim Gross back in 2012, cool. and he suggested, he was the executive director of housing for SHC, and he uh, said, quote, uh, we were clearly of the understanding that the profits from the development of that land would be used to support their housing reserve. Well, in that sense, yes, but but to to alleviate the principal responsibility in housing, absolutely not. Okay, it's our it's our, our activities within the portfolio of of housing, so uh, that's a much um, that's a different kind of statement than I would be comfortable with. We're we're not supplanting or taking over or or having the province download responsibility of housing onto us. The answer is no. It does fund our programs, though, which is again. Uh, you know, a Perdora allocation uh, that we do for, for affordable housing and, and below market housing. Uh, and it will, likely will be with homelessness too. We, I, I see that happening. But for us to, to fund that on our side and, and, and take them off the hook, no. Right. And I guess we're in limbo right now because without a budget, we don't know what their plans are. We don't know until March 22nd. Right. Hopefully we'll know by then. Okay. Okay, great. That's everything I had. Is What's next? What's next for the city of Regina now that we've got a budget in the can? Oh, we got our, uh, our uh, we have a lot of things going on in the city. Really, our renewal project is a big issue for downtown, of course. We have, we have again, growth happening with us all the time. I have my, my uh, State of the City address coming up next week, which I'm not going to mm -hmm. say anything about to you because I want to scoop myself. So okay. that's coming up. You haven't up started well. on it yet, have you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, really? <laughs> no wonder you're the mayor and I'm just in the, the sub-basement. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get out of the basement sometime. I do. Okay, well, thanks very much. Um, normally when people uh, are interviewed for our show, they get a certificate of improvement, but you actually have to come into the sub-basement to get one of those. I don't have a, I don't have a certificate, but I do have uh, some postcards, some Queen City Improvement Bureau postcards for you to, to remember. 
to remember us by uh, so that hopefully you won't forget that we exist again. I, I'm honored. I, I'm actually tongue-tied. I don't know what to say. Thank okay. you so much. i got three here. This is remarkable. <laughs> that's, the, that's the complete set. That's fantastic. Cheers. If I get an invitation to go into your basement, I might actually go there sometime, but I haven't okay. got the invitation yet. So. Okay, well, we'll, we'll the, it is an open invitation. You can come down anytime <laughs> if you can find your way and get past the leopard. I understand. Okay, <laughs> thank you very much. All right, that was Mayor Michael Fougere, and this is the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR, Regina Community Radio. FM. Yeah. It's on FM. Uh, so that was kind of at the end there, that bit about the... Uh, the social development reserve was kind of a big deal that the mayor said that mm-hmm. uh, it's never been 100% clear that all of the money from the development of the Southeast Lands, which could be $70 million if staff's estimates are correct, will be going into the social development reserve, which is used predominantly to fund housing initiatives. Um, so even if it's $70 million over 10 to 25 years, that still scads more money in that uh in that reserve than we've ever had before. So that's kind of a big deal if that uh, comes to fruition. Well. So that's it. Yep. I would say he was uh, a gentleman and a mayor. <laughs> he definitely was, yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, fun. Thank you very much to uh, to Mayor Fougere for uh, chatting up with us. Absolutely. Upstairs with us. I, I, only, I only wish that uh, you'd woken me up so I could have come upstairs. You well. were so cute. You had your, like, was very, I was you very had your little oily rag clutched to your clutched to your chest. I couldn't wake you up. <laughs> oh, raggy. <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay, so that's it. That's it for our budget coverage. We're freaking done. It's over for yep. another year. No more budget people. Not for a while. Yeah, we'll yep. move on to new things. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I guess we can call that an adjournment now. Adjourn, adjourn the meeting? Okay. Sure. Uh, I, I motion to adjourn. I will second that motion. I am motion adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio, co-hosted by Paul DeShen and Aidan Morgan. Theme music by Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire. This episode has been brought to you by Councillor Bob Hawkins of Knockin' on McLaughlin Live. Two hours of Bob Hawkins talking smack about Marie McLaughlin. Rolling Stone called it the weirdest vinyl that 1986 ever produced. Coming up next on on uh, on CJTR, we we have we have uh, Maddie V in the Nerdcore Cabaret, followed by the Cockpit. You can find us on CJTR.ca/podcasts, or find us on iTunes on Queen City Improvement Bureau, also on Twitter Queen City IB, and our website Queen City Improvement Queen City IB.com. I think that's everything. Keep on improving, Regina.